You're listening to Teachable Moments, God's Way podcast, and I'm your host, Carolyn Kirk, trainer and motivational speaker and owner of Leadership for Advancement Training Center. Episode number three, Tag, It's in Your Hands. I will be coming from 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7, The Widow's Oil. And the focus in this passage is on the way the Lord takes what he has given us, like our talents, our abilities, and our gifts, and he multiplies it in our hands if we can trust him. Psalms 90, 17, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the works of our hands. Yes, establish the work of of our hands. God can bless what is in your hands. Hands are capable of a wide variety of functions, including gross and fine motor movements. Gross, which is great motor movements, allow us to pick up large objects or perform heavy labor. Fine, high quality motor movements enable us to perform delicate tasks such as holding small objects or performing detailed work. Each year, the use of our hands should show wisdom. A baby grips its father's single pointer finger. A mother gently cradles its head. From soft back rubs luring you to sleep to a light caress on a cheek from a loved one. First, a hesitant holding of hands to a familiar interlocking of fingers. Life is made up of what we do with our hands. Hands that hold and fingers that point. The palms that sweat and the fists that are the hero's hands. From a handshake as a greeting or a final of an agreement. Hands are what we leave with. A loved one grips gently on a motionless hand. What is the purpose of your hands? The Bible makes it abundantly clear that God created man and that he created him for his glory. Therefore, the ultimate purpose of man's hands is simply to glorify God. In Luke 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7, the widow's oil, out of hardship and lack, Elijah multiplies what was in the widow's hands, in this case, oil. Verse 1. Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elijah, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. 
And now his creditor is coming to take my two children as his slaves. How can I help you? Elijah asked. Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she answered, your servant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Well, go, said Elijah. Borrow jars, empty jars from all of your neighbors and do not just gather a few. Then you go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons and pour the oil out. Pour it into all of these jars and then set them aside, the full ones. So she left him and after she shut the door behind her and her sons, they kept bringing jars to her and she kept pouring out. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another. But he replied, there are no more jars. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and she told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. Then you and your sons can live on the remainder. The amount of oil the widow received was limited only to the number of jars she collected. God met her need both for present and future. So perhaps this illustration will help if I tell you my story, how I came about to realize what God had placed in my hands. A great starting point for me was seventh grade, and I had this white teacher who influenced my life. Not that that mattered, but for illustration purposes and regarding our world today, but no doubt my parents played a major part in who I am. All through college, her encouragement, her support, and her influence was so instrumental in my life that it changed me. I later graduated from college and I worked for a Fortune 500 company. And after graduating uh, and working there for five years, I came back to my hometown and I worked in three major industries uh, and every job. I was the only woman, the only black in upper management. I attended over uh, 35 years, a multicultural church, which is probably 98% white. I moved to a predominantly white a rural community. I lived there for 14 years. I had children and I didn't know if I wanted my kids to attend that environment because I, I wanted to shelter them. But I made a decision to let my children go and be a part of that uh, district because why can't my kids influence rather than be influenced? Currently, I work in a school district in which I would guess only 8% of the staff are black and the demographics of that district is 35% uh, black students. And due to the path God has placed me on has allowed me the privilege to be able to help navigate my peers through experiences only I could realistically impound upon uh, being a black person. So as I reflect on my life experience, I can clearly see the hand of God on my life, leading and directing my path. And it is very apparent my life was predestined with purpose. By being involved in each of those environments has afforded me the opportunity to go everywhere and to touch lives, black, white, 
rich, poor, frontline workers to upper leadership. I know my audiences very well. God can use what you have and your life experiences to equip you for what he has put in your hands. I can relate to the little widower. It's because I know that God has told me to go and he's told me to go everywhere and to speak and to be a blessing to those who are in need. In 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7, I'm going to share principles from the verses that we can glean from in realizing it's in your hands. First, we need to realize God cares for his people. Elijah, with his prophetic ministry, I believe he clearly demonstrates that God cares for his people and that he sometimes worked in sovereign and mighty ways that extend far beyond that which we are able to do or think as he reaches out to meet needs according to his will. Two, I think we need to realize God hears our cry. In verse one, we are simply told, a certain woman of a wife of the son of a prophet cried out, to Elijah for help. She cried out and she said, your servant, my husband is dead and you know that your servant fear the Lord. God usually meets the needs of his people through people, especially believers who are ministering to other believers. Though she is not identified in the text and was not on the who's who's list of prominent people, as most of us are not, the principle is she was not unknown to God. Each one of us are personally known and loved by God. We are personal objects of his love. He hears us. Three, we need to realize God knows our needs. The widow need is spelled out in her statement. She said, the creditor has come to take my two children to be slaves. And you know that my husband was a man who feared God. But by the circumstances that was imposed upon her as a believer, she did not have to say what she knew to the prophet because the prophet knew that there was a need because God had already revealed it. We need to realize God wants us to ask for what we need. Number four, the widow in essence was seeking God's provision through that prophet. When Elijah asked, what shall I do for you? He was in essence saying, what do you want God to do for you through me? This question remains to be known, but it's talked about And James, even in the Bible, warned us, you do not have because you do not ask, James 4, 2. So, of course, it is also true that often we do not have because we ask with selfish motives and we are basing it on self-centered needs or we are asking in disbelief. There's no question 
that one of our greatest failures is our failure to pray. We are always to ask according to the will of God and have godly motives because we are commanded to take our needs to the Lord and to entrust them in others through prayer. John 14, 13 says, And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Matthew 21, 22, And all things, when you ask in prayer, believe and ye shall receive. John 15, 7, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. God wants us to come to him as his children and in faith. With his glory always in view. He wants us to ask for our needs to be met according to his will and to often we either take him for granted or we act as though he doesn't even care. Number five, realize God sends those who are willing. Interestingly, Elijah did not wait for an answer. At least one is not recorded. Why? Well, because her needs were obvious and she had already come to him and de declared her problem which also indicates her request. God knows our needs before we ask. In fact, he has known them from all eternity. Then why do we need to ask? Because it causes us to be depending on him. It demonstrates our faith and demonstrates that it is he who ultimately meets our needs. And we need man. God uses people. Because we were willing. He uses us to be blessings to everyone. God responds and moves through us to meet the needs of others if we're willing. Number six, we need to realize God already knows what's in your hands. Elisha says, tell me, what do you have? Nothing except a jar, a jar of oil. Well, that oil was very important commodities at that day and time. It was like money. It was like gold. The focus in this passage is on the way that the Lord takes what he was giving us, like our talents, our gifts, our abilities, and then he multiplies them if we have faith to trust him to take what we have in our hands. She was destitute, that the only thing that she had was that oil. And that oil was used, I can imagine, for cooking, for, in that time, anointing the body, or she may have been saving it for her burial. But there's a principle here, which we find uh, repeated in the scripture, the way God generally meets our need is to take what we have 
and he multiplies it as we turn our lives over to him and obey the principles of his word. This is true with our talents, our gifts, and our abilities. We need to investigate what we have in all areas and then using these blessings as good stewards of God's grace, however small they may seem, surrender them to the Lord and trust the Lord to bless and to provide as he sees fit. But many of us today, we want to win the lottery. We want to win sweet stakes rather than trust God with whatever he has allotted to us. Sometimes God does supply from places unknown and in ways beyond our imagination. But our responsibility is to take what we have, no matter how small or how large, and turn it over to him. Number seven, we need to realize God wants us to go in faith. The widow was told to go and borrow empty vessels Fill vessels as heavy as you can and carry them. And by that point, God can't or will not put anything into full vessels without least emptying the vessel first. As long as there was empty vessels, there was God's supply to fill them with the oil. And the oil, which is what's in your hands, will only stop flowing when there are no more vessels to fill. These are some very important lessons to learn from here. Remember, the oil, which is what's in your hand, was a very valuable commodity and stands for the valuable resources God has given us. Whether it's our talents, our spiritual gifts, our physical abilities, or our financial blessings. Let's not limit the Lord. Let's believe God. Let's bring empty vessels and not a few. The number of vessels, the number of empty vessels brought into the house showed the woman's faith, her obedience, and her submission to God and his promise to her through the prophet. If we find that the supply of God stops, then either the need has been supplied according to his will or there are no more empty vessels. If she had brought only a few, that would suggest that was, that was sufficient. That was sufficient in her faith, in her obedience, in her submission to God as her sovereign Lord and supply of her needs. Let me note here that she was not requested to gather a specific number of vessels. God wanted her to act in faith. And for that reason, Elijah warns, do not get a few. In other words, bring as many as you have faith that God will feel. So through the prophet, God was telling her, and he's telling us, believe me for your total need. Don't be skimpy on my abilities and willingness to do what God supernaturally wants to do to meet our needs. The limitation was not in the supply of the oil, but in the lack of vessels that were empty that needed to be filled. We can always come in faith to God's abundance of grace with our empty vessels 
to receive of his fullness of his grace. God supplies whatever we have need of. God's supply would be and was as large as her faith, as much as her obedience was and without greediness. As I stated, God's supply would be and was as large as her faith and obedience without greediness. As I recall this story, it was a little girl accompanied her mother to a county store where after her mom had made a purchase, the clerk invited the child to help herself to some candy in a jar. He said, get a handful if you want. And the youngster, she held back and he said, what's the matter? Don't you like candy? Asked the clerk. And the child nodded and smiling. And the clerk, he put his hand into the jar and he dropped a generous portion into the little girl's handbag. Afterward, the mom asked her daughter why she didn't take the candy when the clerk first offered it to her. And she said, because his hands were bigger than mine. I believe this godly woman bought vessels significant for her need and stopped before greed took over. The amount of vessels were limited by the size of a room. God had promised to meet our needs, but he didn't promise to meet our greed. Number eight, realize God wants us to focus only on him. And you should go into the house and shut the door behind you. In verse 4, the closed door suggests the principle of privacy. What she did was she went in and she done it without distractions by shutting the door so she and her sons could focus on the Lord and set their hearts upon his faith. To be alone with God is one of the vital needs of any believer in any time, in any situation, but it is especially true in the days in which we live with all the noise and the extreme busyness. One of the reasons we often do not see God multiply our gifts, our talents, and our abilities is because we fail to get along with him individually, to call upon him, and to focus our hearts upon his grace and his supply. God wants us to focus on him. Furthermore, Elijah's absence when the miracle took place would demonstrate that the power came from God alone, not Elijah. That was certainly obvious because it was designed for her to go in so that she could be encouraged by her faith and God and not to depend on the Lord and Elijah to give it to her. It was designed to encourage her to greater faith and to depend on the Lord. Devout faith and obedience produces an abundance of spiritual blessings. 
like the poor widow, we all have certain needs. But God knows those needs completely and he cares about us personally. We need to trust God to meet our needs and not our greed. We don't need to come with just a full bless, a, a few vessels. In other words, let's not limit our loving and gracious God by our lack of faith and disobedience to him. He is the one who is able to do super abundantly above all we ask or think. But he has to do it by our obedience. And he has to do it in his own timing, according to his perfect will. The problems we face is not in God's supply of the oil or not in God's supply of the lack of what's in our hands. But it's in the abilities that we have to meet the need. The real problem lies in our faith, in our obedience, and in our submission. In closing, as earthly vessels, we must empty ourselves of wrong mental attitudes, priorities, pursuits, our goals, and present ourselves as vessels of God to be filled, controlled by the Word and the Spirit of God. If our lives are cluttered with bad mental attitudes, crumbling and selfishness, preoccupied with things of the world, and there is indifference to God's work, God may stop the supply of oil or what's in your hand. And one reason the supply is stopped is that believers stop coming to him. I believe this must begin with the evaluation of our own stewardships of giving, believing God, that our giving will not be our lack. This means evaluating our own use of the funds that God has allowed us to have because we need to begin with what's in our hands. Take the oil. Take the talent. Take the gifting. Take your abilities. What's in your hand? Trust God to multiply it and then ask the Lord to supply. Pay your tithes, your expenses. Give. Pay your debt and save and live off the rest. It is our responsibility to ask God to multiply the resources for the purpose of greater giving, greater blessings, greater abilities. In other words, we can't simply pray for God to supply if we ignore our responsibility to use what he has given us. So what's in your hands that you can use and be blessed by and a blessing to others? Let me encourage you to always give in abundance unto the Lord so you will always weep the return on his investments in your life. I want to thank you for tuning in to Teachable Moments God's Way. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe 
and leave a review on your favorite podcasting app. I'll put out episodes on Lesson Learned God's Way ongoing, and you can find me on Spotify, Facebook, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public. Lessons we can all learn. God has given us all the answers. Can you pass the test? Yes, if you are teachable.